The following podcast is intended as a celebration of written fiction. Good, bad, and everything in between. We are not literary experts, and nothing we say should be considered as advice or popular opinion. There is no malicious intent, and stories have been supplied voluntarily by their owners. Story quality not guaranteed. Welcome to the Bard Room. I got the power. Hello, dear listeners. This is the first episode. We're back. What do you mean we're back? We've never been here before. We have a prologue. It's in your room. Your living room. Oh, right. There was the prologue. We, we have a prologue. Scratch that. Episode zero was a thing. Uh, yeah. Episode zero, our prologue, is just an info dump of what we're doing here in life our purpose basically us talking about ourselves so if you skip that which you know some of you might have that's fine we still love you yay ego gratification love's a strong word hey strong words for strong feelings um yeah so if you haven't watched the prologue we're reading uh long forgotten stories from a bygone era a time that we shouldn't have written but simultaneously benefit from it now yeah, they may or may not be ours. Some of them are uh, friends and family. Some of them have been submitted from viewers like you. You could be here listening to us commentate your writing. Also, you... also, it's hard to be a viewer on a podcast. You already said viewer once. Well, you know what? You can view whatever you want while you listen to us. Why are you gotta make it weird? Is it weird? It's only weird if you make it weird. And you made it weird. Eh, tomato, tomato. Who says tomato? Someone who only read the word before and never heard it said aloud. Regardless, uh, I'm Riley. I will be reading the story today. I'm Charlie. I wrote this as a part of a school project. I'll explain more later. I'm Shiloh. I will be a humble listener. Shall I explain myself? Uh, sure. I will explain something. In a forensic science class, we had a unit where we had to write a story that used some forensic evidence in it. For some reason, my mind went to Russia. Let's proceed. How old were you? I would have been 13. Okay. 13-year-old who is interested in Russia, forensic science, and this is what happened from it. And uh, just to give us more context, how many years ago was this? This was 20... No. This was 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade. Great. Okay. Anyway, also, I knew nothing about Russia. I just thought I did. So, again, let's let's get into this. Um, it has a title, too. The Blood-Gilded Lily. Okay. Yeah. I feel very Russian right now. So Russian. Lilies are very Russian. The, the national flower of the Russians. The lily. You know. Totally. Not at all. Knowing. Anyways. The Blood Gilded Lily. By Charlie. Yes. The cold air stung her pale face as Natasha... What? Rohalf? It sounded Russian. To me. I made it up. The cold air stung her pale face as Natasha Rohalf exited the ballet studio. 
So Russian. Ma- much Russian. Very ballet. Very graceful. This is one last name away from just being Natasha Romanov. Well, that was not intentional, because I did not know anything of Russian history at the time. No, as in Black Widow. Oh, shit. I know really nothing about anything now. <laughs> God. Anyway, this is pre-Marvel Universe. For you. Mm, for you. Yes, for, for me. The cold air stung her pale face as Natasha Rohalf exited the ballet studio. Her feet screamed from the hours she had... Sp- I'm sorry. <laughs> that image is terrifying. I, I'm, I'll, I'll be quiet if I can. Her feet screamed from the hours she had spent doing intricate pirouettes and elegant chassés. The fatigue washed away as Sergei Svenk... Svenk? <laughs> yeah. I just put a lot of consonants in it. It's S-V-E-N-N-C-K. Very Russian. Not at all Russian. <laughs> Apologize to anyone that may or may not actually be Russian. I'm sorry, Russians. This was an assignment for school, and I, I appropriated you, and I feel bad. <laughs> the fatigue washed away as Sergei Svenk came into view. Dressed in a patchy suit and brown fedora, he smiled and dared an awkward wave. How does one dare an awkward wave? Let's see. I I don't know. No, he did not fit in among the fur-lined rich folk who populated this part of town, but the grin on his face was genuine. A rally had been scheduled for today, but at the grand estate of Vladimir Krisk, the well-known historian... Natasha's parents had shown her the gold-leafed invitation earlier that day, but it did not impress her. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Would have impressed me. Gold leaf's expensive. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. (laughs) Oh my god. That wasn't what I was intending, but... That movie is a national treasure. Gene Wilder is a national treasure. Yeah. He was. Oh. He still is. He's still a national treasure. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. That's my favorite line. You stole it from me. You can't steal a line that isn't yours. Anyway, back to this this tale. She hadn't even wanted to go, but turning down the offer would prove more trouble than attending the affair. Vladimir had a reputation for holding extreme grudges against disrespect. It was said that he held his time and money with an iron grip so that neither would be wasted. In any case, the manor was praised as the most beautiful in Moscow, and Natasha had never been there, so she accepted after making sure that Sergei would attend as well. The estate rested on a hill overlooking the city. During the brisk car ride, Natasha commenced with grooming back her auburn-fused hair and smoothing out the wrinkles in her long indigo coat. Its brass buttons clinked together lightly as the car jolted along. Sergei didn't say much, but he didn't need to. She could tell his thoughts by the look in his eyes. Oh, could she now? <laughs> Is she like a like a seer? Like a psychic? She can read minds and eyes of men? No, she's probably an aquatic mammal. A sea-all. Oh, God. She could tell his thoughts by the look in his eyes. He did not want to be here because of the rumors, what the street wanderers whispered. 
Curious tales had been passed along about Krisk for years, though they were nothing new. Lately, though, the stories came with increased persistence. Stories of horror coming to pass, but they were just stories, not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah right. But that was very, uh... It's a very dismissive statement. <laughs> yeah. This whole story so far has been very dismissive. <laughs> the, the driver halted the car at the end of a stone, torch-lit bridge. Sergei helped Natasha out of the passenger seat and paid the driver for the ride. He would take them into town when this event ended at midnight. What is she, Cinderella? Very, very suspicious. Very strange midnight to end a party. Mm. Must be like they must be like 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 they're like the old people in Russia. They're like they're like the older the elders. They're like mm, gotta be in bed by midnight though. Do you have any memory of what time period this is supposed to take place in? I believe it was supposed to be like nineteen twenties ish, but I'm not sure. Maybe that was just like an idea that I had. I don't know if I actually indicated any time. Nothing above just says twenties to me. No, I think I was letting the story speak for itself. And it said nothing, basically. <laughs> Alright. The dark of night mingled with the trees, creating a shadowy archway overhead. Huge wooden doors barred the house's entryway, but were opened by Vladimir before Sergei placed a finger on the golden knocker. Welcome, the host leered in a thick accent. That's not a thick accent. Try again. Welcome. That sounded Romanian. <laughs> Or Transylvanian. Like, oh my god. Welcome. This what? is not a vampire. No, also <laughs> also saying welcome also could be German. True. Accents are hard. Sorry. I, I don't know as much about a Russian accent, so. We won't, we, we will spare you that. <laughs> Maybe. Or, or I we'll... mean, it's a thick accent. It doesn't say what accent. True, it doesn't. True. It doesn't. It could be any accent. So go with a thick accent. Welcome. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what was that? It was a southern? butchered southern accent. Oh my god, just just continue. Welcome, the host leered in a thick accent. He presented Natasha with a long-stemmed lily flower, and she inclined her head nervously. Vladimir Kristik, though- Wait, you, you kept on saying Christ. Vladimir Christ. Krisk. Oh, I hate your naming. <laughs> Me too. I like the accent same that, girl, same. <laughs> I like the accent that you put on that name the first time. Vladimir. Yeah, do that. You should do that for him. I only know how to say that one name. <laughs> <laughs> the token Vladimir. <laughs> the token Russian Vladimir. I only know how to say certain words with a Russian accent. Vladimir, Sergei. Vladimir, Sergei, and Bear. <laughs> Very oddly specific words. Vladimir Krisk, though famed and reputable, could not have been more than 28 years old. His dark blonde hair had been sleeked back, and the chandelier from the ceiling highlighted the peculiar sharpness of his canine teeth. I'm glad that that chandelier is that strong. That's... It's like a spotlight chandelier that mm. only follows his teeth around. He eyed Natasha with curiosity, but gave Sergei a completely different look. It was of disgust and an out-of-place jealous denial. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Dis Can we dissect that comment? It was of disgust and an out-of-place jealous denial. 
He's not used to pretty ladies bringing men to his place. That are not him? He's got pointed canines. <laughs> Most people have pointed canines. But these are super, these are peculiarly sharp. I am afraid that no other guests have arrived yet. You will have to suffer my company for now. Suspicious! Very <laughs> strange danger. This is the part of the movie where I leave. Wait, like, if you were in the theater, you would leave? No, like, if I was in the movie, oh. as a character, I'd just be like, peace out! Well, I mean, is, is it that weird to be the first to a party and, like, oh yeah, you're gonna deal with a host one-on-one? I mean, that is weird if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You will have to suffer my company for now. Vladimir motioned and took their coats into a large walk-in closet. If he's this rich, doesn't he have, like, people that do that? <laughs> Servants? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm so, if he's rich, would you have people to do this? Well, it just, he seems very, like, he's a very, like, hands-on rich person. He's, like, taking their coats, escorting them into the house. Yeah, that's making, Opening the door. That makes him even more suspicious. Everything about the house was considerably proportioned. <laughs> wait, wait, I think that's supposed to go with a sentence before it. Maybe you should read it with this. Vladimir motioned and took their coats into a large walk-in closet. Everything about the house was considerably proportioned. It gave off the feel of a haunted European castle. <laughs> really? Hey, I needed to get to it quickly, so I sh- I told, I didn't show, and that was a mistake I will have to claim now. Oh, I'm sure it shall be far more enjoyable than you let on, Natasha said, only out of courtesy. Okay, that's not out of courtesy, that's like flirting right there. <laughs> no, I feel like she's uncomfortable, but we don't know that she's uncomfortable, so these, like, really sarcastic comments are like... She didn't say sarcastically, she said out of courtesy. No, out of cur- she said only out of courtesy. I feel like that's a passive, like, mm, he's not the thing, though, type of sit he's not. He's not the thing? He's not it, though. He ain't it. I uh, think that you're putting too much of yourself now into the story. I don't know what I- I'm trying to find a way to explain this, and it's not working. Don't put words in her mouth. What if she has sharp teeth in her mouth? That was a joke, because you wrote it. <sighs> Anyways, his manner and movement chilled her to the core, and she couldn't suppress a slight fear of him. Sergei noticed and stood as a barrier between her and Vladimir. The host let out a shrieking inhuman laughter. What? Shrieking inhuman laughter. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm just trying it. Can, can we all try a shrieking inhuman laughter, please? No. No. I'm embarrassing myself more than once today. That's okay. The host let out a shrieking in human laughter. You are too kind, Miss Rohalf. I hate that name so much. It sounds so wrong. Okay. Scene change? Uh, yeah. Two bodies had been laid in the midst of fire and flame. At least it had been fire about an hour ago. But now all that remained was rubble and ash. Fire and flame were the same thing. Half of the estate was in ruins, and the owner, Vladimir Krisk, was said to be out of town. Word had reached him, so he would be arriving in a few days to survey the damage. Wait, how much time has passed? I have no clue! Investigators swamped the crime scene, performing careful searches for trace evidence and possible weapons used in the murders. 
This is not the 20s. They didn't have that shit in the 20s. I don't fucking know. I don't- Bullshit? I don't freaking know. Bullshit. A few specialists on the origin and cause of fires had come down from St. Petersburg. They were scanning every scorched inch of evidence for clues on where the fire started and how it had occurred. The three men held themselves in high regard and arrogant self-importance. I don't, like, like, I feel like, like, I don't know what I was trying to say with all these weird, like, like, almost, like, optional comments on people. Like, I'm just like, I hate all these people. They suck. Let's make it obvious. Like, I'm not sure what this means. The three men held themselves in high regard and arrogant self-importance. Years of solitary work can do that to you, noted the lead detective. Nicholas Lebrick? We'll go with that. <laughs> Nicholas Lebrick. Like, we feel like if this is really Russia, it would be Nikolai. But... <laughs> I just... I'm, I'm just a little amused that your uh, attempt to make... Your attempts to make Russian surnames is always, how can I skew the ratio of consonants to vowels as much as possible <laughs> i don't know i don't know where this came from i don't i didn't even like like russia all that much it just happened okay i was asked to write a murder story so i did and this is the sad sad result of that i got a good grade on this if you'll believe that he had been to the morgue to see the victims the girl was scarcely 19 if even that old Clear-cut slits ran parallel on her bottom lip, and a scar of two puncture marks was contrasted on the skin of her neck below her jaw, but the scar was too old to be of any significance to her death. I'd like to point out something that I think may be relevant to this, with the weird neck scars. Hmm. Twilight came out this year that I wrote this, and I would have read it by this point, I'm sure. Yeah, you forced me to read it. Anyway, context done. <laughs> Burn marks blanketed her arms as if she had been shielding her face from the flames. The man had been in even worse condition. His passing had come before the girls. It was likely that she had watched him die. Abrasions were haphazardly scattered about his face, always in groupings of five. Fingernails had done this. I like how no one's saying anything. This just narrator is just giving all the info. Not the investigators. Not, oh, hey, look, that could be fingernails. Just, we're just gonna tell it. Fingernails had done this. He had two sets of punctures on his neck, only inches apart. The major difference was that the most recent had been directly upon the artery in his neck. He would have bled to death in minutes. I love how this just reads like a school report on how... Some things work in death. It reads like a like you watched the doc, like a documentary. Like like I'm trying to recreate a, like a, a Law and Order SVU, like with the little introduction before the crime happens, and then the aftermath. You were thirteen. I hope you weren't watching SVU. Oh, yes, I watched we that all the time, every day. At thirteen? Yes. Yeah. Yikes! No wonder I was afraid of literally everything. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I, vampires. I'm scared. Vampire SVU. Hmm, unless... Unless... Here's, here's an idea. He's trying to make it look like vampires. Someone's trying to make it look like vampires. Oh, like... you're thinking that this was that deep. You made that mistake. Maybe. I don't remember. Mistakes hmm. were made in this. Anyway. 
Wait, wait. Are we going to try to figure out what you were adding in? Like, the little bits of information? Oh, well, I feel like the bleeding out in minutes was probably something that I learned in the forensic science class. And then the trace evidence. Anything that sounds out of place is probably out of place because it was from what we learned. Okay. Chris has arrived. The call was sounded throughout the scene in a duff in a dozen different voices. That would be really annoying. It's a, unfortunate there weren't pagers or cell phones at the time. You just text it. Lebrick quickly forgot about the structural analysis he had been starting. <laughs> Again, with those obvious terms I had to use. I think I had a checklist of terms I had to put in the story. It shows. It does. Lebrick quickly forgot about the structural analysis he had been starting and rushed to meet Vladimir at the front of the house. I'm sorry it is by such tidings we first meet, Mr. Christick. Mr. Crisk? I hate this name. Well, it reminds me of- did you ever watch the remake of the movie Get Smart? No. Well, there's a bad guy <laughs> who I believe his name is Vladimir Christick, because- Steve Carell goes on this long tangent of how to pronounce his name is by going Chris Kringle, fish stick, Chrisick, and Vladimir Chrisick, Vladimir Christ. I wonder if this is literally taken from that. He's a rich dude who owns a fancy house. You would do that, wouldn't you? Oh my god, 13-year-old me. I just took all kinds of crap from all over the place. Just put it in this pile of poo. I'm sorry it is by such tidings we first meet, Mr. Crisk, Libric stated while shaking the other man's hand. Crisk did not seem phased by the damage or the murders at all. A blank calm crossed his face and he walked through the ashes without hesitation. That's a lot of exotic wood to be replaced. I was thinking about redecorating anyway, he, mut he muttered silently at to the shock of Libric. <laughs> exotic wood, hmm? That's a lot of exotic wood to be replaced. I was thinking about redecorating anyway, he muttered silently to the shock of Libric. Crisk showed complete lack of concern for the loss of human life as he rummaged through a pile of blackened floorboards. A fleck of dried blood clung to the end of one. Oh wow, someone has elf eyes. <laughs> Libric quickly removed the plank from the pile and used a magnifying glass to view the pattern. The pattern of blood. Yeah, it, it's just... A fleck it's pattern. A, it's a joke that detectives run around with magnifying glasses. It's a, it's, a, it's a cliche. It's a stereotype. I told you, there would be many a stereotype in this story. <laughs> I promised you lots. I think this is delivered. Fingerprints had formed in the paint-like crust. Six partial and three whole. <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. I'm really not going to make a comment. Um, Shiloh's too busy on her phone. I'm trying to look up when fingerprint analysis was first. Like I said, there's nothing to actually indicate this was in the 20s. I just think I was thinking of that when I wrote it, but it had nothing to do with what the timeline was. 1892. Oh, well, we're good then. I've got something over here, Lebrick called to the nearest investigator. He was quickly given the tools to lift the prints for identification. The excitement of the discovery was wasted on Crisk. You will be helping to clear away this mess when your playtime is done, Crisk stated as more of a command than a question. Libric nodded, without really listening to the man, and handed a ziplocked card of fingerprints to a lower officer. 
Okay, the Ziplocs were not in the 20s. Yeah, so this definitely isn't the 20s. I think that that was my original idea, and then I just removed all references to such. He was eager to uncover more evidence. <laughs> eager. Evidence. Mm. That's how I'm imagining him. He's like Willy Wonka, but as an investigator. <laughs> that tasty evidence, though. A lily had been found in the hand of the female victim. The petals were stained in blood. Spelled wrong. The petals, like the petals of a bike. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you spelled it foot petals rather than flower petals. The petals were stained in blood. A distinction of red on white. The flower had not been harmed by the flames, unlike the hand holding it. Huh? That's not how science works. Well... Hmm, maybe one might wonder as to how that happened instead of criticizing it. Maybe you should ask questions instead of thinking, oh, that would never happen. Why would it be there? Fine, if there was a fire. Someone's being very defensive. Someone's I am not on trial here. I am not a crook. A white lily? Lebrick viewed the flower as a link between these murders and a serial killer from one decade ago in St. Petersburg who would mark their deceased victims with similarly colored long stem lilies with petals, foot petals, stained in blood. The victims were all female between the ages of 16 and 21, with two punctures on their necks. 27 deaths in all, with these as a possible number 28 and 29. The thought was unnerving simply because of the brutality of that particular unknown murderer, the worst in Russian history. Is that the worst in Russian history? No. I feel like there's been a lot of murders in Russia that are worse than this. Vladimir Krisk, you are under arrest for the murders of Natasha Rohalf and Sergei Svenk. Svenk. How much time has passed? I don't know, because this is another scene change. <laughs> and all these names. Ugh. It's, it's painful. Rohalf. Libric called from directly outside the hotel room. Well, to I mean, he can't stay at his house. Two dozen armed policemen filled the narrow hallway of the overpriced hotel, and the owner was complaining to them because of the upturned flower pot from the lobby. Shut it, Lebrick commanded with tension about his manner. The threat seemed to have made its mark because the foolish owner slinked away. I am glad we included that. <laughs> the flower pot was important to this. It's a clue to how awful this is. I'll give you to the count of ten to surrender yourself, Krisk. Why are we Why? barking? He hasn't even talked yet. The countdown began, but before five was sounded, the door to the room was swung open. It was pitch black. Liebrick motioned for the policeman to enter the room single file. Yeah, that's a good plan. Screams came after the first two unfortunate men walked into the darkness. Like, <laughs> like I said, that's... Never! It never turns out good like that. You are correct. Oh, it never does turn out well, does it? Let's just go into this room with this, like, known killer, one by one, and not... Why? Screams came after the first two unfortunate men walked into the darkness. Poor unfortunate souls. So sad. Mm -hmm. So bad. The dull thud of their bodies laced the air and then silence. That is totally how you write a sentence. Libric signaled for his men to stand back. They posted against the walls with guns cocked and ready to fire. Calked. Are we gonna caulk some tub? Some molding? Some crown? 
spelled as in a uh, caulking gun. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just redo the bathroom while we're here. You know, we figured we'd be nice because we stepped over your flower pot and broke it. So either that or uh, funding for the police department is so bad they're using caulking guns. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me glue you to death. Smell the fumes of my justice. Dinner right there. <laughs> Even for me, that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I'm doing fine. Are you? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> they hear the crashing off a window and then the blaring of car horns on the street below. That's blaring, not blaring. Blaring. It's still, it says off. <laughs> oh. Are we oh, just gonna ignore so, that? Ignore your own wrongs to point out mine. I was 13. They hear the they hear the crashing off a window and then the blaring of car horns on the street below. Move, Libric called as all of the men surged into the room. I feel like that that command was a little late if they're already surging into the room. Someone managed to find the light switch and a soft eerie glow lit the space. From the shattered window they watched their suspect run to his escape. What about the bodies on the floor? Hit the bodies, hit the floor. Wait, we can. That's copyright. Hit the bodies, hit the floor. <laughs> that's, that's not even the right. That's the that's not even the... <laughs> just, I... just smack those bodies, smack the floor. <laughs> Get it really I was trying to tune it a little bit differently so that we could say that line. Smack the bodies, smack the floor. <laughs> Someone's been watching too much Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know, from. but you're in tears so now. so many tears. <laughs> Can you make it? This is, we're on the last page. I know, but there's so much tears. My vision's fuzzy. Anyway. I'm prepared again. Maybe. Prepared? It's prepared. From the shattered window, they watch their suspect run to his escape. All the evidence point to him. Fingerprints from the floorboard matched his. The size of his hand and the spacing of his fingers fit the nail marks on the victim perfectly. Because, you know, that is not at all a disputed form of science, tool marking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of garbage, really. <laughs> so are fingerprints. The motive? Jealousy. Vladimir had been undergoing arrangements with the female victims. Natasha Rohalfs. <laughs> what? What is this punctuation? <laughs> it's awful. Vladimir had been undergoing arrangements with the female victims, comma, Natasha Rohouse, comma, parents. The victim's parents. Okay, I can sort of see that, but you don't have need two possessives here. It's very possessive. It's double possessed. <laughs> Vladimir had been undergoing arrangements with the female victims, Natasha Rohouse, parents, to be married to the girl, but she loved another, Sergei Svenk. So, was the rally a ruse to get her alone? Maybe. Vladimir had tried to hide the evidence by setting a fire as he fled the scene after killing Sergei and injuring the girl. But he hadn't counted on one thing. A witness. <laughs> Sounds like Judge Judy. It's like a really bad, like, lawyer show. Yeah, it's, it's common for Judge Judy to uh, discuss criminals that are convicted of murder. Well, I, I mean, if Judge Judy was a criminal court, this is how she'd read it. I mean, yeah, that's true. The victims had been dropped off at the manor by a hired driver. Soon after leaving them at the estate, he had discovered that Svenk 
Jake had overpaid him, so we quickly turned around to right the mistake. He would not. That would be considered a tip, but that's a very good cab driver. The driver saw the fire from the road in its grand blaze, but he saw another image. The maniacal figure of Christic leaving the scene with blood stains on the front of his clothes. The maniacal. <laughs> Apparently he looked crazy to a cab driver, and cab drivers have seen a lot. They know what crazy is. The maniacal figure of Christic leaving the scene with blood stains on the front of his clothes. Footprints had been discovered in the area that the driver had described leading toward the direction of town and ending at an inn near the estate. A place where he would have been able to hear word of the discovery of the murders and return with the alibi of being out of town. Wow, so convenient. I was at an inn near my estate. I was so out of town. Couldn't be helped. Soon after this confirmation, Lebrick contacted the police in St. Petersburg to inform them of Vladimir Kristik's involvement in the serial killings of 27 women a decade previous when he was 18? Because he's 28. I mean, that's... He horrible. started young. He looked 28. Oh. They sent over DNA and fingerprint samples that were later found to match evidence from the, that string of murders. The case was closed, but the murderer was still at large, roaming the Russian countryside. That's very convenient. Isn't it nice when you catch a murderer and conveniently match him to all the previous murders he was a part of and the evidence always matches and there's always a DNA thing to connect him to? Isn't that great and idealistic? A Russian forensic story. Happy endings. He was found dead two years later in an alley in Vienna, Austria. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Austria, where you go to die. <laughs> he was found dead two years later in an alley in Vienna, Austria. Justice may take some time, but it always prevails. Unfortunately, the blood-gilded lily already been delivered to 29 innocent lives. <laughs> Dead in an alley. <laughs> this is very idealistic. Like, yeah, he died in an alley. That's justice. Is it, though? So, Charlie, do you remember what grade you got on this? I got a really good grade, actually. I'm pretty sure I got an A on this. Not for the writing, but for the forensic evidence things that I added that were so realistic and not at all fake. So, class, what did we learn today? I learned that Charlie should never be allowed to name a Russian surname. <laughs> I will never again write a Russian story. I can promise you that, listeners, far and wide, especially Russians. I am sorry. I don't even think I looked up names. I didn't look up Russian surnames. I was just Roll like, elf. that sounds vaguely Russian. Good enough. There's no good reason. Just laziness. It looks like you're just like, Tasha, Ralph? No, it needs something more Russian sounding. Rohalf. If it's hard to pronounce and it has an ach. You just added good. an O-H into Ralph. And? Uh, that's That's the extent of my point here. How how versed were you in Russian surnames at 13? I don't think I cared. Apparently I didn't either. <laughs> I just like, like, there's nothing very, all that Russian about this other than ballet. 
is that and the names. Not, why is ballet, ballet Russian? Russian? Well, because the prima ballerina, like Russia, like, ballet is very culturally significant to Russia, and like the, the Russian ballet is a very big thing. I mean, ballet is big thing in other countries, but I know that it's a big thing there too. Like they're very into like like gymnastics that I'm trying to do to get but this to work. What else? I There's think, nothing Russian no, about this. There's furs, but that's not Russian. Oh, yeah, they're wearing fur cloaks because they're or coats because they want to be warm in the cold Siberian. <laughs> but that's not Siberian. No, it's I, dude. Like like again, it's not even not really Russian at all. It's not. It's only Russian because. I lazily decided to name the characters Russian-ish sounding names that aren't even Russian. Sergey. It sounds like I was Russian to finish this. You're proud of that one. That's the only thing about this I'm proud of. So I think that what we need to do now is to ask you, dear listeners, what Russian last names do you think would better fit this story? And names titles, whatever you... Just give us your comments on Twitter, at Bardroom Podcast, because, uh, I don't know what to think. And as always, you can submit your own stories at bardroompodcast at gmail.com. Yes, we would like to take anything and everything fictionally that you can throw at us. Anyway, (laughs) may your journeys be great. May you enjoy some decent fiction. Until next time, on... The Bardroom. Oh yeah, I'm sure that ending will take off. I make no apologies.